Welcome to the Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Fans, here's your other CCU Sports Roundup. December 1st, men's basketball was in action against the Gamecocks, defeating them 80-56. On the 4th, men's basketball returned to action, defeating Winthrop 74-64. Women's basketball in action on the same day at home, defeating Wofford 58-46. Men's basketball again will return to action on the 6th, losing to Mercer 74-69. Yesterday, December 7th, women's basketball again in action, defeating Wesleyan 116-39. Women's basketball now sits at 8-0. That is the first 8-0 start in women's basketball history. You're all caught up. Now back to the strut. Fans, welcome to the strut. So we're about to jump into a breakdown of what we expect to happen, what could happen, any predictions we come up with as it relates to our football team going to the Cure Bowl for the second year in a row this year to take on the Huskies of Northern Illinois. We're going to have a complete breakdown, other tidbits that will help us out, and hopefully all the good banter you've come to enjoy from your friends here at the strut. Welcome to 54 minutes of the bowl win. Not the Huskies on their chin. Your dirty clothes and I tossed you in a bin. You want a showdown? Say win. Cure Bowl, we're in. Think we're going to lose? That's a teal sin. CCU Sports Podcast called the strut. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. You are fired up. Look at you. Of the strut (laughs) podcast, Teal Nation. You've got Info Joe in Chile and TD here. It is a fun, fun time because we're going bowling for the second year in a row, 10-plus wins. And uh, look, man, with all the carousel of coaches doing what they're doing, um, it's pretty neat to not be talking about right now our staff and any major changes. And it's fun to talk about the Cure Bowl, which, by the way, the Cure Bowl is becoming one of those those tier bowl games, I think you gentlemen would agree. It's 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 how a few others, you know, the Outback Bowl started that way. Now, look, the Outback Bowl is one of the more uh, well-known bowls that are not part of that New Year's Six package, if you will. And uh, we're back. Hey, we're back again. And we got a second opportunity to, to uh, maybe not have the same officials if we're lucky and maybe get a better start and just do a lot of things that we know we're capable of doing. But first and foremost – how was everybody's Thanksgiving? I know we talked a little bit afterwards. And how's everybody time since? And, and, and where are you, man, when you found out about uh, Northern Illinois Huskies, Cure Bowl? What'd y'all think? I was excited. I mean, I, I like the idea of playing a MAC team because we got teams in the Southeast that we're familiar with, and your Liberty was last year. So we, we kind of, I guess, I don't want to say walked in, but we kind of arrived in Orlando knowing a little bit about Liberty, already having that hatred for Liberty. So we kind of made it a – a glorified rivalry game in a big bowl game. But I, I like the idea of playing somebody we've never played before. I like, you know, being able to, to venture out into the MAC area, the mid – is it Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference? Is that what it is? Mid-American just, Conference. Mid-American. Mid-American. Sorry. So, thinking, I like the yeah, idea of – You're thinking MEAC. I was actually thinking of wrestling 
the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling from Saturday oh, mornings when you were ah, Nice. So, nice. Tony Schiavone. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't like the idea of playing somebody from, from Northern Illinois. I just like the idea of just seeing somebody else who's got different colors, yeah. someone we haven't ever seen before, um, and just having that opportunity to prove ourselves to another group of people in the country that we're who we are and who we say we are. You mean that we're not cocky and we're not a bunch of beach boys that have sandals on per the uh, NIU fan pages? Well, I was thinking you said that before we started recording. I just I just had a thought when you brought that back up, TD, how they were calling us cocky and stuff. But, you know, we do have a podcast called The Strut. So ah. <laughs> there is evidence. Joe, what would you think, man? I'm excited. You know, I think of the, all the Sun Bowl – I'm, I'm sorry, the Sunbelt Bowl matchups, mm-hmm. I think we got the best one. I really do. Because the last time we spoke, last time we, we talked on this podcast, the matchups that I wanted to see were either one, a power five, which we didn't mm-hmm. get, or two, UTSA, which was a, you know, at that time an 11 game winner. Now they won 12 and they won their conference. We got a comp, we didn't get either one of those. We got a conference champion. Okay, we got yep. a G5 conference champion in a bowl game. They've won nine, we've won 10. It's an attractive matchup. It's one that could you know, move the needle on the first day of bowl season. Okay, this yep. is a good football team. This is a good team that they've won six MAC championships now. They just won the thing again the other day. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to go back to the Cure, excited that we're going to Orlando and the kids are going to have a you know three-day-plus bowl experience. You know, where we're staying is – just fabulous. I can't wait to go. It's um, it's interesting. So what we'll touch on here, kind of, you know, look, uh, Strut Podcast and, and Teal Nation, if you will, something that we're going to do this week and next week. Next week, you know, we're going to talk about NIU a little bit, you know, this week. We'll go ahead and we're going to, ho- as I'm doing right now, we're going to open that bottle of wine up. We're going to let it breathe a little bit until next week as well. We're going to get that going and let it breathe a little bit. And uh, next week we're gonna we're gonna pour it out a little bit. Everybody really really get a glass and savor it. But uh, this really week, good visual. Yeah, I like that. You know, man, really I got, good visual. I've got our Christmas bronze wine glasses out here. So uh, I've got my camo Shauna Clear hat that I wore for Veterans Appreciation Day or Veterans Day and uh, Military Appreciation Day. But uh, anyways, you know, it's um, it's it's. I think it's really cool. To Joe's point, Chili, your point. Um, it's something new. It's a champion, right? It's it's uh, it's a team we haven't seen. It's a second MAC team. Um, looking at their fan page and their boards, you know, from that conference, there was a ton of commentary about how they think the MAC has looked down on and how much better they are as a conference than the Sun Belt. Well, we're gonna find out. You know, we're gonna find out because Coastal finished as the third team in the conference. Uh, we're playing the best team in that conference, so we're going we're gonna to find out. The one thing I was going to get to was I think this week more than any week, you know, me personally as a fan, as a supporter, I, I'd really like for Joe's input on something is – and, Chili, did you, go, did you go last year? I couldn't make it last year. We had a new – I went last year, yeah. My wife and I both work in healthcare. It just was not – it just was not a good recipe for us to go. We wanted to. But, um, but Joe went last year. I think Joe touched on something I think that – we need to educate a lot of our fans on. And, I, and so I'm really going to kind of tee it up for Joe to really talk a good bit is understanding what we talked about kind of off the cuff a little bit is our kids getting a chance for an actual bowl week, right? They didn't get that last year. Joe touched on it before. They flew in literally like the day before the game. 
No different they were going to App or Louisiana or, you know, Crapalachian State or Louisiana, you know, as, as Chile would say, or Charleston Southern. Where It, it doesn't matter. They flew in, drove in the, the day before, and it, they didn't get an experience. I think this is the first opportunity our program will get that experience. And that's something I want Joe to touch on. Also, too, to touch on where we played last year versus the incredible venue that they're going to play at this year and 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 what that means. So, Joe, I'd, I'd like to start there, man, if you don't mind. Like, I know it's kind of impromptu, but your experience last year versus, you know, your excitement and the experience of where you're going this year and, and the kids, what you talked about before this started, the kids get an experience, man. I think you kind of described it, hit the nail on the head. I mean, last year's game was more or less a road trip. Your, your typical, you know, we, we played the game uh, day after Christmas, flew in Christmas Day, stayed at a really, really nice resort, Gaylord Palms Resort just south of Orlando. Beautiful place, but only had one night there. Got up on, you know, got up on Saturday, got ready, went and played the game, uh, and that was it, really. And then, you know, the next morning they flew back. This year, you know, they're leaving out on Tuesday. There'll be a reception uh, at the hotel where we're, we're going to stay at, the, uh, the Lowe's Portofino <laughs> Resort there at Universal Orlando. Holy mackerel, I can't wait for that. Yeah, Just look, look, Google Woo! that up for a second if you can see what all is going on around there. That's going to be on Tuesday, right? So Tuesday, Wednesday, they'll have practice. Uh, then they'll go Universal Orlando Resort. They'll go do that, the theme park for a little bit, and, you know, have that Wednesday. Uh, movie ticket stuff going on. And then Thursday, they'll practice. They'll do some more stuff. You know, it's, it's going to be, you know, like you know, our SID, Kevin Davis said, they're going to be wall to wall doing stuff, you know, those three days, trying to get practices in, trying to get ready. And then you get up and play the game on Friday and come on back. But, you know, I just, I, I love, I love the reward, you know, for a, for a season of, of success, a 10 win season. You know, I love the reward here though, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, so to speak, that our kids are going to get this year. You know, as opposed, you know, to, yeah, it was good. It was great to play in a bowl game last year. Lucky to have a season, fortunate to have one that, you know, that the people had the foresight to go ahead and say, you know, we're going to have a season to do it. And we were fine and we had a bowl game and it was fine, but we couldn't have, you know, those, the, that, the, the stuff that we're going to get coming up next week. I, I'm so excited. I can't, I can't wait to, can't wait to get in the car and go meet these guys and uh, just, just have a great week. So, Chili. As, as you and I were talking with Joe beforehand, you know, about our family logistics. And I think that's something I want to touch on this, 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 ep, this podcast, if you will, too, is, hey, look, man, we're all working through logistics. If you can get down there, get down there, drive down there. Flights are, you know, kind of outrageous right now. Look, call it what it is, right? We all got budgets. It's Christmas time. But drive down at seven hours, straight down 95, and hang a ride on Interstate. Four. Four, yeah, I was thinking four. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, that war on I four between Central Florida and, um, damn, my mind just went blank. Central Florida and South. And the other team, South Florida. No, who was it? The war on I four is Central Florida, South Florida. Yeah, Central Florida, South Florida, and uh, um, one of the one of the coolest yet most millennial based trophies I've ever seen. Have y'all ever seen that trophy between South Florida and Central Florida? It's literally like an interstate sign. That says the war on I four, and it. I mean, it's it's got its own. It's it's insane. Google that, man. But uh, that experience. So I say that to say this is we're my wife and I. We're trying to figure out a way to get down there. So drive down there, fly down there. But if you can't, it's Friday six p.m. Man, throw throw a house party, throw a tailgate party, 
and and support the kids. If you can't be there in person, turn it on, man, because um, that's another way that you can you can support the kids. But um, Chili, I know you got some information on Northern Illinois um, that that. Uh, oh, by the way, I wanted to touch on this. The payout for this game is about five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars per team. So it's not uh, it's not massive, but it's a payout, right? And for those who don't know, all bowl games go to the conference, and they divvy it up and then cut checks back to all um, ten football playing institutions plus the conference. So it's 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 cut eleven different ways, no different than the SEC does and some other schools. So you know, the more bowl teams we can get in, the better, man. But this is this bowl game's getting there. Um, it's not one of the highest, not one of the lowest payouts, but um, it's it, it's something. And uh, we're all by ourselves. From, from what I can look at, too, gentlemen, we're the only game on on TV Friday night. The only bowl game that said on the seventeenth. It'll, be, it'll, be, the, it'll be the second game. Second game that day, but we, there's no other. Yeah, no, no, we won't go up against anybody that night. It'll be the second game of the day. Like 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 you'll see on Saturday, the very next day, you've got a bunch of bowls that are staggered. But there's there's going to be there's going to be crossover and 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 overlapping by a good hour, so you won't have any game. You, we will be the game Friday night, next Friday. One last thing before we get to Chile, real quick, Chile. I was talking mm-hmm. to a coach uh, that we we've, we've spoken of here on this on this uh, on this podcast before. I was speaking to a coach uh, in in the conference the other day at the Camden Daniel State Championship game uh, in Columbia, and, and and he was he asked me. He said, uh, uh, "You know, you guys know where you're going." I said, "No." I said, you know where you're going? He said, no. He said, but I'll tell you this. He said, the Cure Bowl is by far the best experience he's ever had as a coach and taking a team to. I thought, okay. That's cool. I had a decent idea about what it might be, but I trust this guy, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, looking at Northern Illinois, their leading passer is Rocky Lombardi. He's the Michigan State transfer. Is he got season, to I-, I didn't want to ask that. Is he related to Joe uh, or Vince Lombardi at all? Is there any relation? He looks nothing like him. I've, I've got to actually pulled a picture to kind of get some more uh, perspective for me during this. Um, Lombardi looks like maybe a young Terry Bradshaw. He's got the, the blonde with the part, big old smile on his face. He's he's the uh, second incarnation of the blonde bomber, if you will. The blonde bomber. He's got 2,416 yards passing this year, 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's been sacked eight times. He has completed 180 passes out of 310 attempts. Rushing, Ducker is their leading rusher. He has 194 carries for 1,038 yards. He's got three touchdowns on the season. Um, There's a second running back I want to point out to you. His yardage is not nearly as much, and I'm going to mess the name up. It's Ratkovich. If I mess that up, y'all, I apologize. Ratkovich has about 450 yards on the season, but he's got 12 touchdowns. So, he might be their uh, version of a uh, Mike Tolbert, but not quite as good because nobody's as good as him. Receiving, Trayvon Rudolph, leading receiver, 49 receptions for 877 yards and seven touchdowns. They have um, two guys with 40 receptions. They've got one guy with 30. Then after that, you've got like you know, 12 and 13 and less than that going down. Um, but Rudolph is number one with 49 catches, 877. Number two would be uh, Richie is his last name. 540 yards and one touchdown. They've only got um, 
four receivers, five receivers, excuse me, who have scored a touchdown, but only Rudolph has more than two. So I think he might be their guy as far as the, being a main target. Defensively, their leading tackler is C.J. Brown. He's a safety. He has 103 tackles on the season. He's got one sack. He's got one interception. The leading – sorry, he is the leading tackler, excuse me. As far as interceptions go, it's Brown again with one interception and two other guys both have one each. Um, I think we've kind of talked about before we began recording about some of their defensive struggles. Um, I'll share this – let me share this with you here. Brown has 103 tackles on the season. The number two guy as far as uh, tackles go is Lance DeVoe. He's a linebacker, and he has 69. So there's a massive gap between how many C.J. Brown is tackling versus the next guy in line. The leading sack person – what do you call it, a sack ma master? I don't know. Is Devontae O'Malley. He's a defensive tackle. He has four sacks on the season. Um, as far as other numbers go – uh, this is some stuff I found that was kind of some trend data as far as NIU goes. They were 9-4 and four on the season, 7-2 and two in the MAC conference. They are ranked 31st out of 130 total teams. They have scored 410 points on the season, given up 425, a strength of schedule of 94. They have losses this year to Wyoming, 50-43, to Michigan, 63-10, Kent State, 52-47, and Western Michigan, 42-21. Key victories this year, they have a one-point victory at Georgia Tech and a six-point victory in overtime at Buffalo. And that's what I have on NIU. I got a couple of quick notes to add to that. But you mentioned they won nine games. Seven of those wins were by eight points or less. Three of them by one point, one of them by two points. You're looking at their rushing attack, they are the fifth best running team in the country in FBS. They also possess the ball for 33 minutes a game. That's 10th best in FBS. So you're going to have their rushing attack, which is number five in the country. Ours is number six. Their time of possession is 33 minutes, which is 10th best in the country. And our time of possession is 32-11, which is 15th in the nation. So I think those it's kind of interesting how, how close those numbers are between these two teams. So, uh, I have a question I'll, for y'all. Did y'all notice what people were saying about Northern Illinois in the MAC championship? Did y'all watch the championship game for the MAC? I went back and watched the highlights of it, the, um, the U highlights. The, um, one of the guys who was doing the announcement said that NIU has a chance to be like the greatest turnaround from last season to this year. And I that, looked, they were winless last year. They played six games last year. They went 0 and 6 in them. So, um, I guess going into the game, one thing that kind of raises a concern for me is. The approach of their – I'm sorry, their approach to the Cure Bowl versus ours. We were there last year, but they're looking at having that storybook, happy ending, winning 10 after going winless the year before. Something that concerns me because I don't want us to be out there going through the motions with an opportunity to score a lot of points against this defense. Um, I was seeing some stats and some predictions on this that um, the spread as of today, and today is the 8th of December on a Wednesday we're recording this, the spread right now is nine and a half points. And one person that was um, writing about this game in a prediction said that Coastal really should follow the model Western Michigan did when they beat NIU. And Western Michigan's approach, and they beat them by three touchdowns, he said, but their approach was just go out there and kind of challenge NIU to have a track meet. 
with them. You know, try to make, you know, you just keep scoring and make them keep scoring on you because they've, they've had a few turnovers, not a lot, but it seemed like according to what this person was saying, and I'm not directly quoting him, I'm just kind of paraphrasing it, but what he said was they have a tendency in key situations to not convert a third down or maybe turn it over via interception or something like that. So that's been their tendency, according to the person that I read. I think it was on an Athlon website. So I wanted to share that with you, too, just before I forgot. I made a note to make sure I mentioned that in this part of the podcast tonight. So I wanted to share that with you, too. Well, they're not good on third down. I mean, offensively, they're only 38% you know, at our 54, which is best in the country. So, yeah. And, and track meets is what track meets is what we excelled in the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 50 yeah. burgers like the burger joint down the street, we were flipping them all over the place. Maybe we can get back to that. Oh, that could be what – that could be the name of our restaurant when we open up after this podcast goes global is – 50 burgers. 50 burgers? Oh, you have wall burgers. You have Burger King. <laughs> Yeah, five guys. We're going with the 50 burger. You can and, serve drinks in that bl- that bronze goblet you're drinking from right now. Yes. And dude, we could have like the chili dog. Yes. We could have like the info milkshake or the info shake. Info and then shake. And T D can stand for the desserts. The desserts. Uh <laughs> so the one the one thing I is since you touched on some of the games. I I, I watched that game quickly in the review. I watched the MAG championship game and the quick highlights, but I did watch the Buffalo game because that's our that's a, that's a, a an opponent that we both are familiar with that we both played, and we probably, in my opinion, that was our worst, best played win, if you will, for lack of better of analogy. And um, for me, I think it's going back and looking at their, you know, their history through the season, and again, Chile nailed it. I think. One, they've come a long way, but two, I think if we get some pressure on them, we can we can have some turnovers. Tell you one thing to look at that I didn't mention earlier. One thing to keep an eye on with these guys on fourth down, they are 22 of 26 this season. They will go for it. They are just like South Alabama. There's nowhere on that field that they are shy about going on fourth down. 22 of 26, that's 85%. That's number one in FBS. So just because we might get a third down stop does not mean they're going to run a punter out there or kick a field goal because they're going to go for it and they've been successful this season. So, Joe, I'm noticing that's happening more and more across college football. People are going for it on fourth down more often nowadays, and that puts tremendous pressure on your defenses too. Um, years ago, there was a high school coach. I think he – was he the same guy that went to Presbyterian that I, just decided he's never going to go? Presbyterian and just hung it up after one season. He, he, he right. had enough right. of that. So, so I mean, there was – I mean, I've heard other high school coaches down here in my area who are like, I'm not going to be punting. The numbers support that um, if you just go for it on fourth down, the analytics say analytics, that you should man. just keep on going for it. Analytics. Um, but I keep saying sometimes – I keep saying – I keep thinking sometimes when I watch these games and hear the PA announcers say this stuff that um, I know it's numbers support that often, but I feel like just sometimes just common sense just says just, just punt it on fourth down. It's not a bad play to punt, especially when you got a pretty decent punter that can get you some good feel and you know, flip the field and whatnot. I think there's a blend of analytics and gut feeling. Like I, I do like where the analytics do suggest now that – if you're at the 35, like the opponent's 35 to 50, 
there used to be that, you know, high pooch punt, try to pin them back. And probably seven times out of 10, the damn ball would hit and roll to the end zone. So you net of all about 15 yards. I do like the fact that now the analytics do show if you're going to go for it, it's, it's better to try to go for it between the 35 and the 45, if you will, and fail. And then you may lose some field position later. But the way the game's opened up now, the way you, the RPO game has really entered into college football the last five or six, seven years, you can be right back to that same position within about literally three plays, four plays, you know. So I'm still on the side of if you're you got to know your team too. I mean, you know, if you got a great punter and you got to, you know, your offense and and you're converting third, fourth downs like our offense has historically the last two, three years, then you go for it. But again, I, you know, Lane Kiffin's a big analytics guy and they pick on him about it, but you live and look, you live and die by the sword you pick up and yield. So if you're going to, if you're going to be army and live and die by the true blue veer, or you're going to be coastal in the RPO, or you're going to be, fill in the blank offense, then you just live and die by that. But, you know, it's uh, – I kind of like going for it because it could be demoralizing on fourth down and you're at the 50 and you go for it instead of punting and you get it. Damn, you see you, – you can see the other team's sideline like, okay, great, they got the ball for another four minutes now. <laughs> well, and then we're down by two touchdowns. That's awesome. Great, here we go. Hey, randomly, I want to bring this up, though. Bowl history for NIU. This was my little nugget of information that I want to kind of weave into y'all's brilliancy. In 1963. Brilliancy. Not a word. I'll put my best Matt Hoger on right there. Brilliancy. Uh. Yeah. Back in the day, um, in, in 1963, the NIU Huskies beat then Missouri State. This is back when they used to have small college bowls, you know. In the uh, Mineral Water Bowl in uh, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, um, NIU in the California Bowl beat Cal State Fullerton. Silicon Valley Bowl, 2004, uh, they beat Troy, interesting enough. So I can go on a little bit, but the thing I want to bring up is, and, and, and there's some seriousness behind what I'm bringing up, is people need to remember that this, this team went through poinsettia, independent, international, humanitarian, go daddy, and then in 2012, people need to remember this program, just eight short seasons ago, nine now in 2001, they played in the damn Orange Bowl versus Florida State. And if y'all remember, for the, first about, for the first about two and a half, three quarters of that game, it was a one-score game, and then Florida State ultimately just had the depth and they ran away with it. But this program played in the Orange Bowl, right? A bowl, I mean, we this is – it can happen. They've done it. So, I bring it up because, yes, they were 0-6. But they've won their conference six times. They've won their conference five times in the last 11 years. That's consistency. You know, they've been to a bowl game seven straight years. I know App talks about that and Louisiana talks about that. It's like making the postseason any other sport. You get those extra practices. You get that extra little notch on the belt. That starts to matter to kids who are recruiting. That matters, man. It matters big time. So, I kind of want to joke about the Mineral Springs Bowl, but to my point, the last seven years in a row, they have been to a postseason game. And of those, five of those years, they've won their conference. Five and out of 20, nine, In 2014, um, <clears throat> I took Northern Illinois to the national championship on NCAA football 2014. 
on my PS3 TV. We um I was there for three seasons. The first year we were six and six. You know, we you know, we were competitive in our division in the Mac. Uh, had a good recruiting class. And then that class two years later, TD took us to the Orange Bowl and we defeated Auburn for the national championship in 2016. So you know, I hate to say I've added to NIU's football bowl history and, and trophy yeah. case, but my apologies to uh, Stratton Nation on my prowess on NCAA football 20, 2014. So uh, let's look at our Twitter results from last week, and here's a refresher on what the question was. If there was an old-school coastal name, image, and likeness deal, which product and uh, athlete pairing makes the most sense? And your four choices were Mike Tolbert's bowling balls, Josh Norman, and the ASPCA, so you can adopt more dogs and less cats, Drum Simpson and Sticky Fingers, or Quinn Backus and just any kind of brand of fishing tackle you can think of. For the first time ever in the Strut Twitter poll history, we had a tie for first place. Wow. Yeah, the tie was between, and by the way, the two that tied ran away with the other, from the other two. They tied at 41% of the vote. Tolbert's bowling balls, and Drum Simpson Sticky Fingers. They were our top two. So I really am thinking about going forward, guys, maybe writing those until we get actual sponsors, maybe writing those as sponsors of certain segments. I can just drop them in so if somebody's a potential sponsor, they can hear how well it works when I can say your your, your business name. So maybe the next podcast, we had, could have the Twitter poll brought to you by Mike Tolbert's Bowling Balls. Whether you're facing 11 defenders or 10 pins, you can count on Mike Tolbert's bowling balls getting you through to the end of the game. I like it. I love it. I love it. We'll have to come up with Jerome's sticky fingers. We have to make sure we don't infringe on sticky fingers, but we can maybe we can do some type of like a home health remedy or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. Um, so let me ask y'all a quick question and we can leave this in the show because I think this is a good discussion. My Twitter question that's coming up for this week is kind of tied into Sunbelt teams in bowl games. Would y'all rather go through Sunbelt teams in bowl games and then go back to that Twitter question? Or y'all want to go ahead and hear the Twitter, Twitter question first and we can go into the discussion? Either way is fine with me. I don't think it matters. Go ahead, man. Whatever, whatever suits you. But let's, go, let's talk about Sunbelt bowl games. All right. So in the Sunbelt bowl season, we got obviously us versus NIU in the Cure Bowl. In the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, that's a long sponsorship, Crapalachian Stank against Western Kentucky. <laughs> In the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, the University of Louisiana against We Are Marshall. And then the Tax Act Camellia Bowl, Georgia State against Ball State. I really do think we had the best matchup, guys. I'll be honest with you. It's the, ours is the most I intriguing. It, I said it earlier. I Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Historically, Sunbelt teams have won 69% of their bowl games, by the way. I think that's one of the highest of all the conferences in all of FBS football. It actually is. The last five years, uh, we, have the, uh, we have the most bowl wins and the highest bowl percentage with at least four bowl games or more, which I know everybody, you can – extrapolate that or whatever you want, but that means we're, we're winning 75% of the opportunities we're given with, or almost close to 75% of the opportunities that the conference is given, which that matters. Cause when you bring in next year or two years from now, ODU, which by the way, is bowl eligible, Marshall bowl eligible, JMU, I doubt it won't take long to get them bowl eligible. 
you're going to add two to three teams that are bowl eligible. They're going to, it's going to open up doors for the conference to get into some bowl games that we have historically not had an invitation to. And I see Joe's head kind of nodding. Yeah, because that's what it's going to do. It's going to bring marketability. It's going to bring those teams in. Conference USA is going to basically, it's not going to dissolve, but it's just not going to be as desirable. And we're going to be sitting there about that fifth or sixth best overall conference in the country. And that's legit. People need to know that when that happens, we're going to be about the fifth or sixth best conference in college football, which now you go from are we are we now potentially in the Outback Bowl, Music City Bowl? Those affiliations will change because of marketability and brands that come into a conference. I mean, it's who's to say we're not in Gasparilla Bowl next year playing a LSU or a Florida? It, those things can happen because I think with what you're seeing with just college, the platform of college football in general, you're going to see bowl affiliations get changed up because I think people are going to get tired of the same six and six Mississippi State playing the same six and six. Virginia Tech, right? I mean, it just it just is. Um, you get the more Coastals, Marshalls, UTSAs, Houston's, people like that playing in bowl games that are 10 wins or better and in the top 35 in the country. Uh, you know, like Joe said, it's it's marketable. And it helps out, man. Hey, look, the best thing we got to do is buy tickets and watch the games. That's how you help your team out. But we do. We got the most – I agree with Joe, Chili. I think our – not because we're biased, but I think we've got – the overall better appeal of a bowl game. I think not because who we're playing, just not just because we're playing, but when we're playing them Friday night, 6 PM, there's no other static on the, on the TV other than us. And we're playing a conference champion. Who's got what nine wins. I mean, that, that's Mac champ, Sunbelt champ, nine wins in a conference title. Look, that's, that's legit. That's legit. Yep. Tell you the, uh, the, uh, other matchup of our bowl games in the conference, the one that intrigues me other than ours, the one that intrigues me the most, I'm looking at Marshall and Louisiana. I mean, because like Chile, I mean, just like TD just said, Marshall soon to be in the conference. And where's Louisiana going to be? I mean, you know, with Billy Napier, you know, they beat, they beat App for the conference championship and the conference championship game. And then he took, you know, a number of his staff to Florida with him. So yep. they've got, you know, Michael DeSormo, who's new their new head coach, and they've got they're moving some people. But where are they going to be? You know, where 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 is that team going to be for this game? I mean, personnel will be the same, but the coaching will be different. And so that that game intrigues me more than any other besides ours. I mean, Western Kentucky and App. I mean, ah, I mean, Apple win that. I, Apple win that game by two. Apple win that game. I mean, I love the fact they're in Boca. I mean, that would be, that would have been the other place I'd love to have seen us go was Boca, given the, the current tie-in situation, you know, you know, it's somewhere in Florida, Boca would have been good, but, and then you got Ball State and, and Georgia State. I mean, that's a six and six run of the mill average Mac team against a pretty good Georgia State team, you know, a good Georgia State team that kind of found their way, you know, after that brutal early season schedule. So I, I, ex- I expect Georgia State to win that one. So that's two Sunbelt versus Mac matchups for this bowl season then. Uh, so, and then Georgia State versus Ball State. So that's that's a good chance for for uh, the Sun Belt and Coastal to kind of flex its muscle and really show, you know, if we're the superior conference, then we need to get two bowl wins away from the MAC conference. Um, I did want to share this with you too, just in speaking about bowls in general and those matchups. That um, three different sources were ranking the strength of the conferences themselves, the FBS conferences, one to ten, and all three sources said the exact same thing as it relates to Sunbelt versus Mac, just in their rankings from one to 10. 
And every one of them had Sunbelt as the number eight of 10. And every one of them had the Mac as number 10 of 10. As far as ranking, you know, how strong the conferences were headed into the bowl season. Uh, agree, disagree. Yeah, it's, I just think it's an interesting you know, bit of information to share out just as some more data to chew on possibly. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree that we're the eighth, but I don't, I, but I do think personally, and this is the bias of us and our show, I do think some belts a stronger conference than the MAC conference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. it's, I mean, I say it arrogantly, egotistically, confidently, whatever, whatever our viewer consumes this and want to say about us. Yeah. And, and I think it's a damn shame that they think we're the eighth best conference. I, I'm sorry. Like, Outside of Cincinnati and one other team in the American, I'm sorry. The, the next five in that conference, you can't tell me they're that much head and shoulders better than Georgia State now. Like Joe said, not Georgia State early, but Georgia State now, Coastal, Louisiana, and App State. I'm sorry. Is Cincinnati – Better than us right now? Yeah, sure. You got to own it, right? You got to be accountable to that. You got to just acknowledge that, tip your hat and say, yeah, Cincinnati. But hell, Cincinnati's better than the bottom two thirds of the damn SEC right now. And basically everybody in the ACC, other than, well, hell, everybody in the ACC, honestly. I didn't say the AAC, I meant the ACC. <laughs> um, you know, now, would they want to play Clemson right now? I don't know because Clemson now is a hell of a lot better than they were. Five weeks ago, they're kind of like Georgia State. They finally found themselves. But I think we're the no higher than six, no less than seven. And I know that's granular, but it matters. I think we're no higher than six. We're no lower than seven. And if somebody wanted – because let's be honest, is the Big 12 that much – or the Pac-12, Big 12, that much head and shoulders better than the AAC? Not really. I mean, the John, bottom is so bad in some of those big conferences. Better? You got about three teams in those conferences, and everybody else is poo-poo. I mean, I was thinking about that too, TD. And like, if you were to take Vanderbilt and throw them in the Sun Belt, how would they pan out? They, here's my thing: Would they win more games in in Sun Belt than they would SEC? Hell, I hope so. But they wouldn't run away with the conference by no stretch of imagination. If you took yeah. Louisiana Coastal and App State and threw them in the Atlantic Coastal, which means they'd have to play North Carolina, I think. Clemson, but I mean, Pitt, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Wake. I mean, Wake, Wake's really good this year. Call that what it is. But NC State had a good year, but they wouldn't. I don't think. I mean, you got to think now. App State beat North Carolina again. East Carolina again. They beat South Carolina. They beat. They beat some teams just like Coastal's beating some teams, just like Louisiana's beating some teams. That I think there's this misconception that the overall Sun Belt's poo poo. I mean. We are the conference. We we did finish last year as the sixth or the seventh seventh best conference in America last year, only behind the AAC, who legitimately had about three teams last year, and Tulsa was one of them. But you know, here, here's how you go out and prove that: you win your non-conference games, and you win bowl games, and that's just it. And the Sun Belt has won more non-conference games than any other conference in America the last five years in the same bowl stretch. And they've won more Power Five games versus or G five versus P five games than any other P five versus G five conference. That I mean that's data. That's not Travis didn't making that up. He's not 
I'm not just bringing that out of the air. That's legitimate data that you can go find. So these soothsayers that say the conference is the eighth best conference and people want to listen to this and go, man, you're splitting hairs. It matters. I'd rather be the seventh best conference because when conference realignment happens and we get these other four teams in, you can't tell me we're the damn seventh or eighth best conference anymore. They I just felt like it was – and, TD, I just wanted to bring that up too. And I, <clears throat> I just feel like you know, going into bowl season, a lot of people who are trying to determine you know, who's going to win what bowl game will use conference affiliation because just yeah. like on the, uh, the Strut Podcast's bowl challenge this year, a lot of people are going through and looking at who's in what bowl what, – sorry, what conference – to determine who's going to win that bowl game. TD, you haven't entered, by the way, just saying. Um, so just as a heads up, some people are looking at it, and I wanted to share it because, um, Joe, you said this a while ago at the start of the show, NIU is a conference champion. We get to play a conference champion at the end of the season. That means a lot, no matter what conference you're coming from. If you can play and beat a conference champion at the end of the season, that's saying a lot about your team. I believe that. That's a a needle mover. You know, it ought to be. I mean, we're the only Sunbelt team that's got that opportunity. You know, I mean, Western Kentucky, you know, they were runner-up in the CUSA. They lost to UTSA, their conference championship. And, I mean, we we go beat Northern Illinois. I mean, that's conference champion. I mean, that's, you know, as I said at the outset, I mean, if we couldn't get a G – I mean, if we couldn't get a Power Five, if we couldn't get UTSA, you know, I mean, who who now has 12 wins on the season, you know, well, I'll take a conference champ. Let's go play them. You know, nine wins. So it's you know, it's a good, great matchup. I love it. Yep. Got it. Got a chance to finish the year strong with an 11-2 record, like we talked about. Can we get some? Can we get some curb appeal going into next year? And how you do Absolutely. that? Get Absolutely. some curb appeal. Get a little. Get a little more curb appeal. Shine up the tires going into next year. I mean, back to back eleven and eleven and one and. 11 and two seasons. We got a chance to be 22 and three. We've talked about it relentlessly on here and, and, and to in, in great length about look, get some curb appeal going to next year, man. Get some, get some votes. We're getting votes in the AP and coaches poll. We'll get a few more. And yet it still wouldn't be good enough for some of our fan base, some of the experts out there who just ruminate over this stuff and they want to be miserable. It would still wouldn't be good enough. But you know what? Anybody with a little bit of perspective. You know, a little bit of understanding about what's going on out there will un- will appreciate an 11-win season, or at least they should. Absolutely. And, Joe, that's, that's a great tie-in to what this week's Twitter question is. So this week's Twitter question is real simple. Um, which Sun Belt team has the best chance at a bowl victory? And I'll just put down the four Sun Belt teams as your choices. Um, it's been up for maybe three minutes. I've already got three votes. Um, all three have chosen your beloved Shauna Clears. How about that? As they should. Um, and I will say this, um, and I got to point this out while I was um, putting that up. And, Joe, I just saw where you liked it on Twitter also. Um, somebody somebody named Coach Q, their <laughs> TD, said, honestly, I think we have all have a great chance of winning. Somebody named Coach Q, and I wonder who that might be. Huh? Yeah, that's my brother. I, I, I know. <laughs> I don't have Instagram, Twitter. I got Facebook, and that's about it. So call me old school. I told my wife I, I'm gonna have to get both just so I can engage and interact on uh, for the Strut Podcast, and uh, and um, I'm gonna have to do some. I'm, I'm gonna have to not be a 38 year old curmudgeon, but <laughs> but it's um we do. I think we got the best chance, and I think we got we got more to gain than anybody. 
Honestly, that's I think we, what I would say. We that, that is yeah. that's a nail on the head right there. We that is game for two reasons, in my opinion. Humbly, I say one because we're playing a true conference champion. Two, our entire coaching staff is intact. It matters. It matters when we go on the recruiting trail. We just won the Cure Bowl, second year in a row, eleven win season. We finished. You know, just outside the top 25 receiving votes. We've got blah blah. We got our entire staff back. I even saw where some of our staff is up for some of the assistant coaches awards nationally. Like that stuff matters, man. It matters. It matters to these kids. Um, you know, it, it hey, having a podcast matters. Chili touched on it. We've got a couple, got a couple recruits who are interested in coastal who are now following our podcast. Why does that matter? Because you gotta have ripples in the water to get people's attention at the beach, man. Uh, it's just it's just it. Yeah, and TD, speaking of those ripples you just referred to, um, just a second ago as I was putting the Twitter question out, um, you know, when I put those questions out, we get a lot of um, messages here at the podcast on our Twitter account, at the Strut Podcast. And um, I just got one as I was putting it out that this um, is a very popular Twitter account called Big Game Boomer. I think you just saw the retweet, too, that I just did, didn't you? Yeah. Um, Big Game Boomer has – 26,300 followers on Twitter and big game boomer just put out that he wanted to make a collection of every school's best podcast. And I got to give a shout out to Dickie Moltisanti for nominating the strut podcast for coastals. Um, I saw the tweet go up and then he just said that. So I wanted, I said, I'll give you a shout out just because you nominated us to such a big sports podcast. Um, their description reads college football junkie 24 7 college sports talk inquiries they've got a whole gmail thing going on they got a podcast coming in they're based out of Edna, oklahoma um they're following about 1500 but they have 26,000 followers and we just got a shout out on big game boomer with a podcast of theirs coming soon so that was pretty cool and i want to give that guy a shout out to say thank you for calling out the strut as being the best coastal podcast because as our, you know, our team's, you know, image grows and we get more wins and more success nationally, we're not looking to really grow the podcast for our own benefit, but it just brings more awareness to our school and to our team. So we're here to help. And that's how we want to help out. So again, right. thank you to, um, he's got a cool Twitter handle guys. His name on Twitter is pizza Dickie. I'm just going to leave that right there, fellas. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, Next. All right. So um, I got two things. If you guys are good, I'll go ahead and do the last two parts of the show. Um, I was doing some digging just to kind of add a little more flavor to NIU, because honestly, I don't think people from coastal really know Northern Illinois, unless you're just, if you're a casual fan, you don't know a whole heck of a lot about them. I mean, I, Joe had, and TD, y'all both have shared some really cool stuff about their football history. And I've shared, you know, the championship that I won at NIU on my PlayStation but I also have some famous alumni from NIU that y'all may know. Um, if you're a fan of the Simpsons, Dan Castanella, the voice of Homer Simpson, is an NIU graduate. Nice. Uh, Joe, are you a Caddyshack fan? Oh, Lord. Are you Dude, kidding me? Come on. Lacey Underall from Caddyshack no. is an NIU graduate. You just came to visit for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> My niece has a certain zest for living. So zest for living. <laughs> um, ESPN's Nicole Briscoe. Oh. NIU graduate. 
Okay. All right. And finally, uh, Minnesota head football coach PJ Fleck. That's right. Is an NIU graduate. He started out. Is that what? Is that what they rode the boat? That's where he started on the damn boat. They, the, boat. The, the story goes is he got there and, and he was out fishing one day and uh, had an old pull stroke motor and it fell in. And only thing he had left was two oars. Got back that way. And the story of rowing the boat came to fruition. I just totally made that up, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had me. You had me. But hey, you, you know what is good? TD. Okay. Uh, TD Chili. Yeah. Uh, go forward, man. I, I kind of like, let's add that into the future podcast. Famous, famous graduates. Famous graduates of the opposing team that we're, because again, I, it just gives some, you know, a little levity to the. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a good way hey, to wrap hey, quick, things up. Quick, quick shout out to a point you guys were just making a minute ago about some of our assistant coaches up for awards. You're talking about Malcolm Dixon, our tight end coach, and Tony Washington, wide receivers coach. They are up on the annual list of the best and brightest, 35 under 35 from the uh, AFCA. And you got Newland Isaac, our co-offensive coordinator, who is the 2021 AFCA FBS Assistant Coach of the Year. So you see his coaching chops. We got some great coaches on this staff, great young coaches. Jamie has done a great job of assembling coaching talent. We've got signing day next week. And if you believe the 247 recruiting rankings, we're number one right now. We get to, we get these guys to the finish line. And, you know, as they, as they said, and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, sign on the line, which is dotted. You know, that's <laughs> what you got to get them to do. So what a great I, movie. I, I, you know, it's going to be a big, big week coming up for Sean Clear football. D. December 15th. That's a Wednesday. 16th and 17th. Those are the three – that's the three-day window. So, gentlemen, Thursday night – well, no, wait, Thursday night – oh, we got to talk about that. Thursday night. Let's talk about that real quick while we're doing this. Joe, can we talk about the, the program next Thursday? Yes, no, maybe? Yes. So, from the bowl site next week, we will be in Orlando again at the Portofino Bay. Uh, Universal Orlando. That's the Shawnee headquarters next week. We are going to have a radio special, Shawnee football bowl radio special from seven to eight. That'll be on our uh, flagship Hot Talk 99.5. Uh, you can also hear that on WRNN.net and also on their um, app on your smartphone or whatever device you have that you listen and stream. We will be on again seven to eight. We'll have interviews with you know, with coach and players and whoever else we can grab, hopefully some fans. I mean, we're still in the process of putting it together, but we will have it on the air and uh, we'll, we'll give you everything that we can cram into one hour about coastal and the bowl game coming up next week. That's next Thursday. Thursday. Again, more details to come. So next Wednesday, when we do this podcast, we can drop it Thursday morning ahead of that show, but then that'll give us, that'll give us that Wednesday night. To to get that first uh, first we get hey we can, we gonna we gonna weave that into the show that first initial signing day like Joe said right now we were projected as number one recruiting class in the summer and we were projected still as the number sixtieth recruiting class in the country for fans that don't realize you might you, you know, look there's a generation I'm part of that used to laugh at that stuff but it matters now it's it absolutely that's, that's by far we 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 pull this together this will be the best by far it'll be it first of all. To give a little history, we were number just four years ago. We had the 120th class, and now we're going to be the 60th. We were fifth or sixth or seventh in the Sun Belt. We're going to be projected as first. We've got some kids coming out of Mississippi and Alabama and Florida that are legit, legit three star kids. You know, and for those that don't understand this, three star kids are like that 
third, fourth round, fifth round kid in the NFL draft, you are getting every penny's worth of their ability. So if you're about Javon going to the league, we may be lucky enough to get one right behind him. You know, that's exciting. I'll tell you what else is exciting about <clears throat> being around Coastal right now is when we get to this part of the podcast called Trivia Time, TD. Oh, God. Ah. Tonight's trivia brought to you by Jerome Simpson's Sticky Fingers Restaurants, ribs that will stick to your fingers as good as touchdown receptions. Joe, help me out. Come on, you read the commercials. <laughs> Touch down in the local Sticky Fingers today and ask for the Jerome Simpson combo. It'll leap right over it and into the end zone. <laughs> You'll right. leap, jump for joy. <laughs> TD, you ready? Mm. Yes. Should I get my phone out and snap pictures again? No. <laughs> TD, we're going back one year for our trivia question. Okay. All right, so TD, uh, last season, Coastal spent a lot of time ranked in the top 25. Yes. TD, I need the number of what was the highest rank Coastal achieved last season in the AP poll, not the college football playoff poll. We were 13th in the football playoff poll. I'm looking for the highest ranked AP, and you can't Google it. He wore a hat, Joseph. We wouldn't see his head sweat when he's thinking right. about the question. When we played, when we played, when we played, timeout, when we played BYU, we were 18. Did you really just call timeout during trivia? Um, <laughs> When we when we played them, we were 18. That was the college football playoff ranking. Oh man. Um thirteen. Oh, the answer was eleven. Oh, okay. I wasn't far. All right. I, I knew I knew that we crept. I knew that we were just outside of the top ten, but I didn't realize I, I didn't realize we were that close. I knew when we went to Troy, which duly noted for the record, was a completely debacked experience, debacle experience from the Sunbelt Conference. And if Sunbelt Conference ever listens to this podcast, you're welcome for constructive criticism. If you have a team that's undefeated and you're you have a team that has a challenge mitigating a pandemic virus, don't send said champion to said team mitigating said virus, duly noted for the record. So yeah, we were, is, we're 11, yeah. We were 11. I thought 11. we were 13. I wasn't far. TD, you know what else is mitigating is our uh, first annual The Strut Podcast Bowl Game Challenge. I've got it started on ESPN through their Capital One Bowl Mania. I've shared a link out on The Strut Podcast Facebook page. I need to do it. shared out through uh, Twitter at The Strut Podcast. And um, I think I've linked it on my Facebook page and tagged both of y'all so y'all can share it out also. Uh, so yeah. far, we have 15 entries, guys. That's pretty good for a couple of days being open. But the idea is you go in, you pick your winner for the uh, bowl game, and we're doing confidence points. So the one that you're the most confident, confident in, you give 44 points to. And the one you're least confident in, you give it one point, and you just assign points. That way it prevents – you know, the even number of bowls from being tied. We have confidence points determines the winner. So um, look for that link to be shared out by us in the next couple of days. Again, we would like a lot of people. Um, I think it'd be kind of fun to discuss that because I think we'll probably get two or three more podcasts in during the bowl season based on what our schedule looks like coming up to have you know, talk about that and see who's doing well. So don't forget to join that, the Strut Podcast Bowl Game Challenge that we've we'll got going it. on. 
I got to do it. I got to yes, do it. Do. Oh, yeah, Joe and I are already in TD. You already got your you already got your confidence points in, right? Now, I've already made my picks. Can I go ahead and tell you one, Joe? I got. I've chosen Coastal to win the Cure Bowl, and I gave Coastal my forty-four confidence points as my one I'm most confident in. About that. Gauntlet. I got to make my picks. Thrown down. The bowl. Yeah. And by the way, for you that are listening, that are interested, the matchups have been posted. So you just go in and you join. It gives you the password. Um, You just go in and join. And then you can go in and just click on the teams you want to win. And there's a scroll down beside that that helps you assign the confidence points. And one thing it does this year, it helps you keep track of who, what points you've given to certain teams. So you don't like double up or skip somebody. So that way you've got all the points assigned that you are. And you can go back and review it before you submit it. So, TD, don't be afraid to compete against me and Info Joe because I know you're kind of, you know, being kind of slow. Again, Maybe hey, thoughtful is the word we're looking for. By the way, I got a trivia question. One year ago last weekend, actually this past this past Saturday, what major college football show came to Conway? Let me think. Major. Oh, Am I sweating like TD right now? Let me see. Can I call time out? hey they popped up on my facebook thread man that was cool the other thing i leave with i can't leave without a little bit of a bar um also who's playing in the duke's mayo bowl oh uh that is the matchup of the carolinas is it not north carolina south carolina is that the gamecocks yeah i've always noticed about the gamecock crowd they played at the beginning of the year a few years ago when they were pretty decent they played unc and all my gamecock friends were like well we're going to see who the real carolina is this year i don't hear that talk one bit about who the real Carolina is. Because my Coastal answer is Coastal Carolina. Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Because we're the state champs this year. That's right. That's I have right. declared it. Well, hey, next Wednesday, the Strut Podcast will be recorded on Wednesday night, dropping Thursday, signing day window, early signing period, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The special uh, Cure Bowl coaches show live from Orlando in the plush five-star resort that Joe Cashin will be president of. Bushwood uh, Country Club. The Joe Cash and Country Club special. Ooh, the Joe Cash and Country Club special. Life on the land. You'll never be a member of Bushwood, sir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my fault, sir. Uh, I should have put more stick them on your clubs. It totally, totally slipped out. <laughs> so, yeah, all jokes out. Hey, the Strut Podcast, Steel Nation, uh, at the Strut Podcast, and all the handles. Again, next Wednesday, we'll cover signing day. We'll cover more in depth of the actual X's and O's of us versus NIU. Uh, we'll prop up the uh, the show for next uh, Thursday night where Joe and, and, and the team will be down in Orlando. If you can get there, get there. If you need tickets, go to ccsports.com, uh, get tickets there. They also just sent out an email about an overall travel package. So, um, look, do it. And if not, uh, listen to the game strut style, as Chili says. Watch the game, turn it down. You'll listen to a bunch of damn bozos talk about a whole bunch of bs and they just started watching two days before the game to try to sound like they know what they're doing listen to the man who knows what the hell he's talking about which is joe info joe cashing uh live from orlando country club <laughs> he's gonna go down there he's gonna go down there and buy bushwood that's right buy, he's gonna he's gonna hit the lotto and buy bushwood <laughs> there you go on social media you can find us at the strut podcast on both twitter and instagram facebook page the Strut Podcast, uh, the Look Here Bubba Talk Back line. Uh, you can yeah. leave us messages there. We've had two messages the whole season. One came from my brother who just wanted to say hello. 
One came from a friend of mine named Travis who listens to the show. He's a big Citadel guy, but he loves our podcast. And for that reason, we love him. Therefore, both of those guys have been inducted into the bronze level of Strut Podcast fan clubdom. Is that the gives them got one bronze level? Is that just made it up? Just and, and, yeah, and Teal's the highest. Um, but that gives them the uh, privilege of playing one free round of golf with Joe Cashin at Bushwood Country Club. Him <laughs> and Ty Webb will be down there. Um, and Al Churvick. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought, Joe. Thanks. But, oh, my um, arm, my arm, my arm. <laughs> I should have yelled, too. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the Look Here Bubba Talk Back line, all those good spots. Um, that's all well, I know. What? We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Noonan. Noonan. <laughs> we could sit here all night and do this. <laughs> Joe's the voice of reason. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Y'all have a good one. Love it. And uh, see y'all next week. All right. Sounds good, guys. We appreciate you listening. Now, fans, this is an important programming note. We're not 100% sure if we'll get another podcast in prior to the Cure Bowl. So what I want you to be doing is checking our Twitter account, at The Strut Podcast, our Facebook page, The Strut Podcast, and keep up with us there. We'll make some announcements as it goes along, but we got to keep in mind, um, Joe's traveling, TD will be traveling, so we've got a lot to consider As we get ready for the next podcast, you may hear us again after we celebrate our Cure Bowl victory. So anyway, thanks for listening. You know where to find us. Please hit us up on the Look Here Bubba Talk Back line. We'd love to hear from you. All your comments are welcome, good or bad, doesn't matter. And if you're a fan of another team or whatever, you're welcome here as well. We may even use your audio on a future episode. Thanks for listening.